And I think I'm really sort of, if you can say, falling in love again with brand engagement. We're suddenly seeing brand engagement in a different context, right? What we're seeing now is kind of like been elevated to being much more around the purpose of the business, right? This week, we are brought to you by Attest. Attest is a consumer research platform that enables brands to make customer understanding a competitive advantage with continuous insights. By combining unparalleled speed and data quality with on-demand research guidance, the platform makes it simple and fast to uncover opportunities with consumer data and grow without guesswork. Hello and welcome to the shiny new object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative and this is a weekly show where I have the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing one of our industry's leaders about their vision for the future. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Sarah Bogue, who is Director of Brand Marketing and Comms at EY Denmark. So Sarah, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you give us a bit of an overview? Well, I can try. Um, I am in marketing and been mainly interested in brand, all aspects of brand my entire career. I have done B2C, but have mainly been focusing on B2B and sort of the charity sector, working with high growth companies and also professional services as the main thing. I've sort of been around a spectrum. I've done everything from regular marketing to sort of employer brand to brand development, um, corporate brand. And, and now I sort of have an overarching role of doing everything from brand marketing communications, which is truly exciting, but tend to be projects which kind of needs a step change. That's my, that's what drives me. So in that interesting career, what have you learned? What advice would you give to a smart driven student who wanted to get ahead in our industry? I think absolutely that would be be passionate about it. I mean, that is what's going to keep you going in your career when days are long, when ideas get rejected, when the pay might not be the best. I just believe that if you build your career on passion, you will always find another way to succeed at any setback. So that's really lovely to hear you say that. But isn't passion a given? I'm not sure. I think there is a lot of when I when I speak to students nowadays, you know, whether that's kind of like, you know, through family or the kind of the ones I come into contact with through work or mentoring. I unfortunately also see a lot of people are still kind of like very focused on what is going to be a great career, what's going to look good in other people's eyes, what's going to make me earn lots of money. And I just think that's very sort of like short term based. I really think we much more got to get back to like, what are you passionate about? And I think that's why during lockdown, so many people kind of like reconnected with what they were passionate about. And I think some of the job changes we're seeing is actually peeping people completely going into a new field because they could suddenly realizing I'm spending so much time working. I want to do something I'm passionate about, but it should be a given. I agree on that. So I think, yeah, it's really nice that you're saying like, yeah, you should be passionate, passionate, interesting, interested about it, but you should let the passion drive you as opposed to just be like a sort of thing that trundles along in the background while you try and make yourself look good. (laughs) 
So that's a, a advice for students. So what about just a straight marketing tip? Like, What is your killer bit of advice that you share most often? Well, I think, you know, for me, if, if I look back at my own career, I, I had this amazing boss um, earlier on in my career. And I think the one thing he gave me was to sort of like really the foundation for being curious and kind of like thinking in news ways. And he always used to say to me, can you do it another way? And I think that has sort of really helped me, leading me to one of my guiding principles, which I try to pass on to my team members, which is what I try to say is, what will you do differently in this project or deliverable? Because I believe that if you keep it fresh, if you keep sort of just questioning yourself, saying, can I do it better? Can I do it differently? And you get to test it sometimes in a very secure way, right? If you're talking about a bigger go-to-market marketing project or campaign, and you just pick one thing, it might be that I want to measure something differently, or I want to try a new tactic. I think then you can innovate in a in a secure and safe way for a lot of people, because I think there are many people who are so afraid of failure nowadays that you kind of got to encourage people to be curious. Is there a better way of doing this? It really reminds me of a book, which I can't remember the name, but they had this innovation principle called the adjacent possible, which is basically, I think like living organisms do this, they, they just sort of try the next available thing. It's not like a huge leap. It's just like a slight change in the process of evolution. And it's and, and it's similar, I think, for what you're saying. It's like, okay, so yeah, we're, we're going to do a, a paid search campaign again, right? Yeah, we all know how that works, blah, 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 blah. But what could we do differently, ever so slightly differently? And then over time, you think, oh, look, where were we six months ago? Where were we 12 months ago? And you've actually, you've taken these huge leaps that look like these huge innovative leaps. But in fact, all you've really done is taken small steps. So I've forgotten all about that. So thanks for bringing that back. Yeah, no, because I, I think exactly you, you, you're you making the point there, right? Because that is what happens when, when you then one year out or one and a half year out, look back then when you accumulate all of those little changes and those tests and tries, and not all of them are going to be successes, but it was enough to move you even further within what you're trying to reach. So, so yeah, and I've got to read that I, book. I, I haven't read it. Oh, it, it'll come to me. But I love that idea of striving for different and arriving at better. Because if you're like, I've got to get better every time, then, you know, you can make yourself miserable. If you're, but if you're like low bar, so I'm just going to do it differently, then through failing and winning, you'll you'll arrive at better. So, that, yeah, that's a, a really it's inspiring It's probably tool. less pressure, right? Instead of always saying to people, what are you going to do better? Yeah, I think people will have this fear of failure then, right? Whereas I think if you use different, and it just kind of like expand people's mindset a bit. This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. So your shiny new object is the evolution of brand engagement. So I think I know what that means, but can you give the listeners of the podcast an, an overview of what that is and why it's your shiny new object? Absolutely. As I said, my career, I've sort of like been through different kind of brand positions. And, and I think I'm really sort of 
if you can say, falling in love again with brand engagement. And, and I think a big part of it is what we're experiencing now past sort of like the pandemic is that why I think it's the evolution of brand engagement is that we're suddenly seeing brand engagement in a different context, right? It used to be earlier on, it was about how are you engaging your customers? How are you going to get more followers? How are you going to get, you know, sale more, all of these things. But what, what we're seeing now is now it's kind of like been elevated to being much more around the purpose of the business, right? That's, that's the brand. That's where you're going. That's your guiding principle. And now it's really around engaging people in that purpose. And for me, that is much more of an emotional connection we're seeing for people now, both people who buy different brands, but also when you look at employees who's connecting to the purpose of their own business, that sort of brand engagement, that emotional connection is what I think makes it super exciting for, for people in brand, like what's going to happen now? Suddenly we're, we're back, we're top of the agenda or definitely should be coming top of the agenda. So how we understand this a, a little better. So you talked about the time when I arrived in advertising, uh, no idea what it was. And it was all about getting likes and followers. And it was like, oh God, that's really important. And we've obviously moved past that now. And so are you saying that the, the evolution of brand engagement is when a brand has a, a true purpose, then that engages its followers in a, in an emotional way? Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and, and I think some of it comes from, if, if we take like the whole pandemic and COVID, right? I think what, what's sort of like happening is we all suddenly had to, to learn so much in such a short span of time, right? Like it was amazing to see how everyone around the world adjusted, like within days, weeks, we suddenly found new ways of doing things. But when we look at the sort of prolonged period of time that a lot of us had to work from home or work in a different way and so on, it also kind of suddenly makes us reevaluate everything we we start looking at our life and and a bit like i said you know somebody during covid discovered that knitting was their true calling and and now that's what they want to go on and do but i also think we suddenly when we were stripped of everything of all the busyness around us and so on we also had an opportunity to kind of like really reconnect with what matters the most to me at this stage, at this stage in my life, where I am in my career, where I am as a partner, a spouse, a parent, whatever it is. And I think when you when you get those moments where you get to reconnect with that sense, I think purpose suddenly becomes so important for people. And then what happens is when we then start looking and things start speeding up, we're suddenly looking to where am I spending my time in the day? Well, at work. And I think suddenly you started looking to your company and saying, okay, but but what are we about? Where? What is this company about? Is that doing something that I truly believe in? Is it doing something where I feel I am contributing and it gives me meaning? I think we really kind of needed to find that sense of meaning in all of this. And, and that's why I think it's becoming much more important because it's also becoming a deciding factor, is my belief, in, in the sort of whole war there is going on around talent at the moment, right? It, it's it's dark stats we're seeing. Like at the moment, there was just a big survey that came out where um, 
actually EY did it in reimagining work survey where there was like 50, like 43% are kind of considering saying, I'm expecting to leave my current employer within the next 12 months. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen these high numbers. We talk about the grade resignation and so on. But I think a part of it is that we have now been working from home. We've had lots of people who changed job during the pandemic. And I think when you're joining a new company and you're not sort of like being in the office or whatever you work in my is, but the kind of like when you're there in person, you're connecting with people, you kind of like get this team chemistry, bonding, you know, you're there for each other, that sort of whole team spirit. When you're kind of removing that and people are little satellites, right? We're, we're connecting virtually, which is much more difficult. We, like even on a a kind of like a physical level. We don't have those, like we don't mirror each other's body language in the same way and kind of like has that shared chemistry. I just think it becomes difficult to feel that sense of belonging being as strong. Because I think we all kind of like look back in our careers, there would have been moments where, to be frank, the dream job was no longer a dream job. But the team we worked with was such a great team that we stayed just a little bit longer just because of that. And I think when you take that equation out of it and you put people much more in remote working or hybrid working models as we're seeing now where some time is spent at home and sometimes with the team, then suddenly it's different factors that becomes important. And suddenly we're seeing there's much more focus on, you know, what's my package going to be like? Where am I getting a better salary? Like it's also some some quite stark stats around that, you know, like 40% of, of employees globally, you know, are set to quit jobs in search for better pay. And I think once you start having those things combined with a trend that we see very much expressed in in younger generations, but I actually think for all of us is where we used to quit our job because we were unhappy, we were dissatisfied, we didn't like our boss, but I don't think that's where we are any longer. Now people are quitting their job because there is something more exciting out there. So I think if you look at it in, in like real marketing terms, I kind of think we're, we're going from a, a situation where we used to have kind of like a push in, in, in the sort of the workforce to now it's kind of like much more pull. It's something pulling us because it's much more exciting. So, so I actually think that's what's, what's creating this change and, and why purpose becomes much more important because now now we have to, we have to feel that there is a greater meaning to it. And, and it's really been, purpose has been brought to the top for the mind of people because we got reminded of what really matters to us in past COVID. So it sounds like you're talking about employee engagement as opposed to brand engagement. So help me understand that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is absolutely an overlap between the two because that's what happens, right? When you engage the people who work for you, isn't it, you know, employee engagement. But this is where I think, you know, when when you focus on the purpose of the company, of the brand, what do you stand for in the market? 
that that for me is the difference in this. Whereas I think you can have people who are super motivated, who loves going to work, but it might be other deciding factors of why their engagement is really high. It may not necessarily be because of the brand or the purpose of the business. And I think that's where there's a slight distinction between the two of them. Does so, that make sense? Yes, it does. This is really stretching me to get my around it all. It's brilliant. So I love the argument that in a in a remote world where we don't have the same camaraderie and, and you know physical closeness and all that kind of stuff, that the, the purpose of the brand, what it stands for, what its mission is, is really valuable. Now I am jaded and skeptical about that because I've been in so many of those meetings and some of the companies that I've worked for where it's been like, right, this is a slide that, that has our mission, this is a slide that has our purpose is a slide that has our values and it's like yeah okay cool. All right. So our value is like being honest or something. And you're like, cool. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all. And it's almost like a company song. Like someone's written a company song, like no one's ever going to listen to it or sing it or God forbid, put it on a playlist. Right. So, but that's my cynical me. So help me understand how you get past that because what you're saying makes so much sense. And to be frank, I don't think you're cynical. I think what you're expressing is exactly, I think it was the, um, who was it? It was like the Journal of Brand Management or something like that, that came out with this stat saying, actually, 40% of employees struggle to describe what their organization brand is or how they think that customers feel about their organization being different. And that is exactly it, right? I think we, we've we kind of forgotten. And, and like you're saying, is that thing, wasn't it just a slide we all saw on day one when we joined and that was it? But I think what's happening now is that People are noticing, not people, sorry, companies, businesses are noticing that you can't get away. You have got to truly mean it. Like that's that's the difference. You know, I think we as consumer um, and, and therefore also as employees, you know, we don't take the same bullshit anymore. Right. It's not just a pretty advertising. We want to know, do you mean this for real? Is it authentic? Is it kind of like your guiding principle? Are you still going to do it when it's going to cost you? I think we we saw after like the war, the war in Ukraine and everyone kind of like pulling out of Russia and the sort of like the lashback from consumers and so on and, and even employees for some of the organizations, they expected companies to do the right thing. And I think that's that's what it really is. Like I think companies has also realized we got to kind of get to the inner layer of the onion, right? What is our brand DNA? What is it that we are standing for? What is our purpose? What is it that, you know, we want to be be known for? What is it that is guiding every decision we make every day? I think that's the first step. And, and I think a lot of companies, I think the sort of the whole purpose-driven organization, we've absolutely seen it booming over, over several years now. But I think the next layer is now, how do you then go from that kind of like establishing a clear purpose, which in my mind also becomes a very clear brand um, for a company often from going from establishing that to then how do you get your your own people and obviously also all your customers and so on to understand this is what we stand for all the time. I think that is the, the journey that some companies are still struggling with. They're still struggling with how do I do it? And I, I think even in this, when I say, 
I love the evolution of, of brand engagement. I think there's still a vast potential for companies to get much better at it, right? To get much better at also understanding in all of this, that it's not just about how can you use your brand or your purpose of the, of the business to, you know, attract and retain talent, but you kind of got to think one step further, how can you use it to engage and excite people? And, you know, those people hopefully will be your employees, but they might also be potential employees or alumni, you know, they, they have previously worked for you that goes out and still advocate for you. And I think that's the journey that a lot of businesses is on currently going to that. How do we communicate it? How do we make every touch point reflect what we truly stand for? And, and that's that I think is the journey that companies are on at the moment. I, you know, I don't think very many really nailed it yet, to be quite frank. I think some still, you know, they talk about it and they get to this is our, our purpose and some are much better at living it. Right. And, and we all know that we often see it with very entrepreneurial um, brands that's kind of grown big, but because they kind of like sprung out of that purpose because there was somebody who wanted to change something, they often have that very strong sense of, of purpose that where employees and customers find it much easier to say they are standing for this and they wouldn't put up with that. So, so I don't think you're skeptical. I just think it's the kind of changes we're seeing currently in, in the market and in business. Sarah, unfortunately, we've got to leave it there. So you've asked a lot of questions, silly of me and, and the way I work for Automated Creative. And thank you for that. But I'm sure there's going to be other people who are going to want to get a lot deeper than this. So where would you like people to get in touch with you? And what makes a great outreach message to you? Well, definitely like on LinkedIn. Luckily, there's not a lot of Sarah Bogues, so it should be fairly easy to find there. And um, and I just, you know, I try to always be nice and, and kind of like respond to, to people. But I think if anyone knows me, um, I'm not the biggest fan of email. So anyone who, you know, opens with, I know you don't like email, so I sent you an IM instead definitely got my uh, <laughs> got my thing. But, you know, it can be anything. I just think anyone, you know who who gets in touch with me, who is bold, who's got something curious to say. I think that's really what um what wins me over. But I would love to hear from someone. I would love to hear if somebody is seeing, you know, the evolution of brand engagement differently. Brilliant. That is a, a, a great brief for hopefully lots of really useful messages. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Hi. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.